are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Backstage with the Soundcheck. As always, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some new bands with some new music updates. With me today are members from a Canadian hard rock band who are here to talk to me about their recent single release, Savior, and more. This is Evan. This is Steph. And this is Dylan. And we're Neonera, and you're listening to The Soundcheck. As I'm sure you're all aware, uh, times are crazy right now, and it's all different for, you know, each state and uh, every country, but what are some positive things to being a band right now, given this chaotic time? Um, I think it's really good to have something to focus on. Um, personally, um, having even though we're not playing shows, we're still able to write and practice, and I think just having that outlet is... is um, is really good and people are are home so if you are putting a lot of content out online I feel like maybe there is a, a higher chance people are going to see it because more people are just connected um, in these times so I think that's that's one positive thing yeah um, I guess especially for us because we do tend to write about um, you know issues that are happening in the world it's, it's kind of for me it's a positive thing to be able to have music to kind of turn to when times are crazy so yeah. right mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone else wants to add yeah, anything I mean, music is extremely cathartic uh for me for sure uh, the writing process and i think uh musicians and, and artists right now have uh, very important stories to tell uh in um in the crazy times that we're that we're living in so to be to be part of that and to be uh be able to share in that is uh, it's uh, it's really yeah I don't know it, it feels kind of uh, it's a special sort of time it's like everyone you know you even see uh, late night hosts you know doing shows out of their uh, out of their uh, homes and and things like that so it's it's a very uh, interesting time definitely to be uh, to be an artist. Right. I can, you know, absolutely see that uh, a lot of people have had to adapt um, to new things. I've spoken with bands that have never really taken the social media route before, and now they're having to because that's just the climate we're in now, given this whole pandemic and everything. But I mean, I can definitely see how, given where we are right now with this particular climate, it's probably really good for a musician who writes about stuff that's, you know, happening around uh, the world. So, you know, it can it can be both a positive and a negative thing. But take me through the process of, you know, the start of the band. When did you guys form? So I started uh, uh, playing with Evan uh, maybe uh, seven or eight years ago. Uh, and uh, we had a different we had a different bassist. Uh, and we were actually a five piece at the time. And. The, the sort of crazy thing about it was we had an incredible guitar player, probably the best I've ever seen, uh, who could write anything uh, on on the guitar and get it to fit. I think the issue, though, that we ran into was that uh, it, it worked very well sort of instrumentally, but there was no place for any 
vocals or or um, like a vocal melody, basically. Um, and we just sort of simplified and we decided to be a three piece. And we did that for a little while. I would say not not particularly serious. Uh, this iteration of the band is is definitely. Uh, a lot more serious like we've put we've put a lot of um i mean obviously with the music that we're making right now but obviously with the video as well is we're really trying to push a very a different uh image than, than what we had uh before which was kind of like you know you're playing in the basement and like what a lot of bands do but now you know we're we're really sort of putting ourselves out there uh so that people can see who we are uh, and then about two years ago, we uh, we joined with Steph, and she really brought a, a very interesting dynamic to the band uh, in terms of um, having a, a funk uh, background, a soul background, and then sort of merging that with the the heavy music that that she liked, and it, it really brought a um, an almost sort of danceable aspect to to the music that we were making, uh, making it sort of uh, uh, I mean. I have seen people dance to it at, at shows. Uh, it, it can be obviously very heavy, but there's definitely a, a sort of uh, a danceable beat uh, to it. So, yeah, so essentially we've sort of morphed from um, from being a five-piece, almost instrumental band where, you know, you'd have trouble even sort of fitting a, a vocal line in there to a, what I would say, is sort of like a grunge-inspired hard rock uh, a very progressive uh, sort of uh, rhythm sound, which is what we've got right now. Right. Um, you know, I heard you mention uh, soul and funk and a lot of other, you know, styles and sounds. What uh, what bands have the most influence on your music? Well, we, we all have um, individual bands that influence us, but then... Uh, it, it's great because then there are certain bands that really brought us together and definitely helped influence uh, our sound and when we write and things. And uh, one of my biggest influences is uh, definitely Corn, um, Porcupine Tree, um, and um, I would even say uh, System of a Down. But one of the bands that uh, has really uh, been an impact uh, when it comes to kind of our jam style is Red Hot Chili Peppers, and um, I'm a big Ch Chad Smith fan, and uh, Steph is a huge Flea fan, so um, it's it, that was definitely one band that def connected us um, just kind of with our writing and also, like I said, the, um, our, our jam sessions and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like ever since I started playing bass, kind of Flea was one of the first bassists I really jumped onto and learning the Chili Peppers stuff. So um, for me, that that's uh, probably my biggest influence band-wise, but I'm like, I have such a huge range of genres that I'm influenced by, but um, the heavy stuff, yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Tool fan, so also those bass lines kind of resonate with me a lot. And uh, just to move it down too, yeah, same sort of thing. And for me, uh, I, love, uh, I love Our Lady Peace, great Canadian band. Uh, I love uh, uh, Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. And I think a lot of, you know, I, I, pay, I play a very grungy sounding guitar for sure. And uh, 
I just, yeah, those bands, and I think that's what's cool about this band is that we do have, we do have all these different influences, and it's sort of a really cool fusion uh, that way, and it and it all, it all works when you sort of add that uh, very dirty sounding guitar with, uh, I mean, at the way Evan will, will play sometimes, it'll sound like he's playing jazz drums sometimes, uh, even, um, there's even some, uh, like, uh, Latin, uh, I've heard him play as well, and it all sort of works, and Steph will throw sort of funk in there sometimes, and, but it never just sounds Latin, it never just sounds, uh, and, and none of our stuff just sort of sounds, I think, uh, you know, too, too much like those bands that, that I listed, I think we've got a nice, um, a nice mix, uh, that way. So it's, it's, it's great to me that we all have different influences. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that having a multitude of influences and uh, personal backgrounds is, you know, essential to a band um, because, you know, you want the variety and, and sound and style and, and everything. So I think that you guys have, you know, the perfect mixture for that. Um, take me through how the band decided on the name Neonera. Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't kind of like a, a round table discussion. It was more so that, um, one day, um, really just looking at the lyrics and, um, you know, what I personally had, had been seeing going on in the world and in our little microcosms of neighborhoods and things like that. And then the way that Dylan was writing and how it really, um, connected, uh, with both of us and then uh if you separate the name it actually it's two words so neon era and that just kind of uh represents that um the world and kind of the society that we live in where everybody wants to be noticed um even if they're it's completely fake as long as um they are noticed and um the our lyrics and who we are as a band really is the uh the opposite of putting forth um, a product that isn't who we are and is fake. So um, that's kind of where the, the band name came from. That's very interesting. Um, I love that. Um, so I know that you mentioned uh, earlier that the band sort of takes things uh, more seriously now through their um, writing and songs. Can you take me through that process a little bit deeper? Um, how do you incorporate um, you know, certain themes within your songs? Well, like a lot of bands, um, you know, we just kind of write with what we see and what's going on in our everyday lives or even what's happened before, and we just never really had the outlet to do it. Um, that's a prime example of that is the song Savior. And, uh, you know, Dylan wrote that song 10 years ago, and it's uh, very relevant today. And I think with a lot of their songs, um, it's really just kind of seeing what's going on and uh, putting it uh, putting it on paper. And I think that we've all written lyrics and had beats and rhythms and riffs. And I just came to the table with them. And uh, that's kind of how our writing process go. We're not a very, um, you know, put us in a room and for two weeks with like a bottle of Jack and you got to write away. It's not... It, that's not really our style. It's just, um, you know, what comes to mind and then, uh, we, we jam out on it or, uh, lyrics are written and we go off of that. So it's a very easygoing flow. 
That's great. That's awesome to hear. I can't believe that Savior was written 10 years ago. That's crazy. Um, what was it like releasing this track, uh, you know, very recently? Uh, it was. It felt like a long time coming for us because we went into the studio last summer. So I was really anticipating getting it out um, after working on it for so long. But um, yeah, I think we're all pretty excited and ready to have people hear something kind of really rounded out from us that we put so much work into um, from the video and kind of all these details that we had, the three of us have been plugging away at, brainstorming, to have it all come together and then people see something so kind of official from us was really, really big. So yeah, I think I think overall it was a positive thing for all of us to have it out and, and yeah, we're just enjoying all the feedback we get from everybody and seeing where it goes out into the world. So it's been great. The song was so relatable to the time we're in right now. Um, I know that sometimes waiting uh, for songs and releases can be really hard um, as a band member because you want it to be released as soon as possible. But I do kind of think it was released at the perfect time, you know, um, especially with all of uh, the similar issues happening around it. You know, Dylan asked me to review the song for you guys, and uh, my interpretation actually differed a little bit from your guys' take on it, uh, according to Dylan. So can you take me through why the band, or I guess Dylan, wrote it in the beginning and what this track means to you? Sure. So, like Evan was saying, the, the actual lyrics were written 10 years ago. Uh, I, I write lyrics, basically, anything that, if, if I've got uh, two lines, then I may have a song, basically. So, I'll walk down the street, and I get two, two lines in my head, and I'll put it into my phone, or I'll go home and write it down. And I don't throw lyrics out, either. Uh, so I did end up using these ones for this band. Uh, I, um, I did look at those lyrics and, uh, eventually use them for this band. Uh, I guess the interesting thing about the song is that, yes, the, those, those lyrics were written, were written 10 years ago and they were written by a different person. Uh, I'm not the same person that I was when I wrote them. Uh, so the whole premise behind Savior is the idea of men, uh, men in particular, saving women, uh, needing to be heroes in their own mind. Uh, and essentially, it's the idea of sort of the white knight syndrome and, and wanting, to, wanting to save and believing that women need to be saved from themselves, essentially. So what that means exactly, I mean, the, the video takes you through sort of historically what that meant, being saved from, you know, the typical sort of become being a housewife, you know, the idea of um, being saved from uh, images, uh, perceptions of, of yourself. So that's where Savior... Uh, it relates the most to me. And as I said, it's a very personal song. So for me, with Savior, um, I believed at the time when I, when I wrote it that you could save women uh, from themselves in the way that, uh, you know, they didn't have to be a certain way. They didn't have to act a certain way. They didn't have to dress a certain way. They didn't have to look a certain way. Um, Kind of the idea of, well, you know, counterculture is 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 the only way. Counterculture is is the positive. You know, you don't have to be thin. You don't have to wear 
this, you don't have to be that. And and where I think that we were sort of differed in terms of that, that interpretation is at the end of the video, you see the superhero costume deflate and there's just a regular person underneath, a regular man underneath, and then you see the doll and she her fragility is is broken, right? She shatters, but at the same time, there's just flesh underneath. And when you had described it, you said, well, they there the fact that the the man trying to save her ultimately destroyed them both. It's actually the opposite. It actually saved them both. That's the way that I look at it because essentially, once once you start to treat someone more than just an object to save you can then start to understand them. And that's really what the hero, the man in the story in, of the, in the video is doing. Once he starts to understand those layers, and that's really what Neonair is about. Again, it's coming back to the artificiality and it's stripping away that artificiality. So when the costume is coming off and when the, the, the porcelain is breaking away and you can see the flesh and you can see the people for who they are, finally and for me it was realizing okay i'm not that same person i was um at the time when i wrote those lyrics i didn't i wasn't ready to accept who i was i wasn't ready to accept i thought i was good but i i find i found out that i needed to change because i was hurting the people that i cared about um i was essentially putting my own perception my own beliefs on them um, and I wasn't listening and really that's what it's about. So it's not about destroying it's, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of joke and say, well, I can't write a happy song, but you know, I'll look at it and I'll say, I look at that video and say, you know, there was a finality there and there's sort of, again, it's kind of trying to have a conversation. It's opening that up. And, and we know that, you know, for some people, this might trigger them and make them realize, well, you know, I'm going through this, I'm, this is happening to me, or I'm doing this to someone. And there'll also be people who say like, oh, no, that's just absolute BS. And that just doesn't exist, you know, and people do need to be saved. So for me, it was it was really a learning process over that sort over that time. Um, and, um, and I think that's why it's so personal for me. Yeah, it absolutely um, seems like a very intense, emotional, personal song. Um, you know, there's so many uh, ways that it could be interpreted. Um, I can see now your side of it, um, listening to you, uh, you know, speak about it some more. That's really interesting, because at the time when I listened to this track, I didn't see that. But hearing you talk I about it uh, more in depth, great. yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. I love that. But you mentioned uh, some aspects of the music video, and, you know, there there are so many things that were put into, you know, working on this music video. How was that experience for you guys, getting to work on this project? Um, yeah, it's... For me, it's been really exciting because I, um, it's just have, it's just something just kind of outside my regular world that I can kind of contribute and be a part of. Um, and it took me a little while to actually understand the lyrics, to be honest, and everything that was going on and talking to Dylan and working it all through. And I was trying to understand, okay, what are we, what's the message we're really trying to get? So I totally get how people, when they first watch it or see it, don't really understand the message but I think that's why we want to talk about it and we want people to kind of that's what we're hoping in in a sense is that people will kind of 
look a little bit deeper um, into what we put into it and the message that we're trying to to um, to show. Um, and that music is more than just the music. There is kind of some substance to, to the lyrics and to what we, we put up. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... Uh, like it was mentioned before, the process, uh, it's been a long time coming and, uh, that's definitely even an understatement because it has been a long time. And when all this crazy stuff started happening, we were very lucky that we happened to finish filming right, uh, I'm not going to say right before, but fairly uh, around the same time when everything kind of just went locked in. It was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, but um, the process was great, and we're all uh, really happy with the final product. So. I mean, the process wasn't, I mean, parts of it weren't great, because, I mean, it was real cold in the factory. We shot in December. Uh, I know you're in, uh, I know you're in Atlanta, uh, Haley, uh, but... Um, in December, it was uh, it was very cold uh, in that factory, which did not have any heat. Uh, so yeah, no, our actress was was very cold as well. And by the end of it, we couldn't feel our fingers. Uh, I don't know if you can tell in the video, but there's certain parts where where I'm I'm singing and you can see the breath, and and that's how cold it was uh, that day. And we were you know we were in our in our, what we would wear on stage basically. So uh, so that part of it. That was it was it was fun, obviously shooting the video like that, and it was a really a great location. Uh, it's um it's an old uh, coffee uh, factory in um in um, Ontario. It was great uh, that way, but the actual sort of the process of it uh, toward the end, for sure, where we couldn't feel our fingers because of the cold. Uh, they ended up not keeping any of the footage. Uh, from the second room. We actually recorded in a second room. And you don't actually see any of that footage because we were so cold that we could barely play our instruments. Couldn't feel our fingers. Wow, that's insane. It doesn't get that cold uh, here. <laughs> um, our winters are pretty weak. Um, but I I can about imagine um, where you guys are, that it, it could be pretty cold during the winter, especially in a, you know, not heated factory. Um that's insane, though, uh, that some of the footage wasn't used. Um, but, I mean, I do think that uh, the footage um, that you guys did keep and put together to, you know, blend well with the song really do work. It really um, made it more powerful, I think. Um, so I really enjoyed listening to it and watching it. Uh, but shifting gears here a little bit, what are three goals uh, Neonera has for the upcoming year? Um... I don't know if it, well, ideally, once everything uh, kind of calms down, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, back out and start touring and um, finish up um, an upcoming uh, project that we have, a uh, solid video, and uh, stay healthy. I think that's uh, the biggest thing. For us, too, it's uh, nailing social media. I think you were saying that before. Uh I mean, I, I would definitely rather, you know, just sit and, and write, play my guitar and, and write songs and, and, and play music. But I mean, it's, it's, as they say, it's like, you know, it's the new music business and, uh, labels can't make money on you. They're not going to, they're not going to sign you. We wouldn't sign with a label right now, probably anyway. 
because um, I mean, there's a certain um, you know they they all they're they're going to want something from you ultimately, right? Even if they give you an advance, they're going to be want to make money off of you. So we're really looking into I mean the sort of the marketing aspect, but also like the social media aspect as well. We've been heavy into that um, in the past, but especially with COVID, uh, we've we've dived really sort of headfirst back back into that uh as well so uh that's that's really uh going to be very important as well and i think i think the unfortunate thing that's going to happen uh, in a lot of cases is that venues are going to close uh we have some really great venues that that play heavy music i mean there's there's places in ottawa is a, is a funny town sort of that way because you can find any kind of music but you'll find a lot of cover a lot of cover bands, uh, and that's usually what sells in Ottawa. Uh, but there's these little sort of niche places that um, you know we really hope survive uh, through through COVID because we rely on them as much as they rely on us. Um, and uh, you know we hope that we can get back out there uh, again and and start playing in these, some of these places. But we've already seen some closures, so you know that's why. For us, you know, we're really we're really sort of pushing the the marketing and the the social media aspect as well because, you know, we're looking like we're entering the second wave potentially now where we are. So, um, you know, I think we have to be realistic at the same time and that even the big bands aren't going to be touring anytime soon, unfortunately. Right. I do think that one of the the biggest things right now are you know two of the things that you guys mentioned, uh, which would be staying healthy and then obviously like nailing the social media aspect of it all. Um, it's kind of scary. Um, I'm seeing uh, venues close here as well. Um, so for this to be such like a big aspect of my life, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys, it's kind of, you know, crazy not knowing what's actually going to happen like within the next year or two. Um, thinking about your band and how you want others to view you, what do you want your band known for the most? authenticity want to be that band that you know you're no matter what they know that we're authentic that we're sincere in in what we say and and uh and what we do that's that to me is is the most uh it's the most important i think that that's a good thing to be known for for sure um especially bands good writing music a- too <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. yeah that's important too yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that those are good things to be known for. Um, I think I heard, uh, mentioned earlier that, uh, some new music or projects are in the works for you guys. Um, do you have any, uh, updates that, you know, that you guys are working on right now? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're going into the studio to write a uh, new song, which has, again, uh, a pretty relevant, um, message to the times we are in. And, um, we're going to be doing a video for it as well. And I think, uh, with our last video, it's kind of set the bar of what we want to do and how we just want to push further than what we did, um, previously. And I think that's kind of a good, uh, point of view to have. So we're not really getting comfortable. And as mentioned, especially in the day and age of social media and everything, uh, a lot of everything being online, uh, we want to have a product that kind of stands out 
And uh, I think that's what we're going to be driving for for this next song and uh, video. That's awesome. I look forward to, um, you know, listening to it and, and seeing it when it's released. Um, what is the craziest thing you guys have done in the name of music? Like what we were telling you, uh, how we shot the video. I mean, I think we would have liked to shoot it in the summer, but it just the time... The timeline that we had just didn't didn't work, and I uh, yeah I I think uh, it was uh, it was a really it was a really interesting experience, uh, sort of uh, being that cold and, and trying to play your instruments. I mean, I've been on stage and it you know being like 600 degrees, but this was this was different. Like where your fingers, you tell them to move and they won't move. Yeah, I mean that does seem like it was a very unique and also uncomfortable situation to be put put in. Yeah, I felt like it took me a while to thaw when I got home. <laughs> I couldn't move my bones for like at least an hour and then it just like, Yeah, it was pretty intense. It was, it was cold. We were there for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. You guys you guys must have been frozen by the time you got home. That's crazy. Yeah. So I have one last question for you guys, and that is, given what you know about being a band now, what is some advice you would pass down to upcoming artists? I think it kind of goes along the same lines of what we've been talking about with authenticity. It's just like, you know, stay true to yourself and your message and who you are and don't try and be what you think other people want you to be. Like, write about what you want to write about and what you're passionate about and and keep that passion going because like it really shows when you're when you put yourself out there and put yourself into something if you're passionate it it, it goes a long way so yeah never give that up and treat the people well that help you get to where you are because you know nobody can do it all on them on their own there's always there's always people along the way that, that help you get to where you are so. always be nice to the sound person always <laughs> be nice to the yeah. sound person the bar staff, polite, uh, always, uh, you know, obviously try to bring as many people to a show as you can. Uh, just don't don't assume the promoter is going to do is going to do anything or, or everything for you. Uh, a, a lot of it uh, is uh, is I mean, in my experience, most of it is is on the band, you know, in terms of doing the advertising for shows and um, and things like that. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, make sure that you, you thank the, the venue. You know, a lot of these people, especially in Ottawa, uh, the promoter too is, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going through a promoter, uh, just say thank you. I mean, in, in some cases it goes, it goes a long way to show that you're, you know, that you're humble, that you're appreciative of, of, um, you know, the opportunities that you're, that you're given, uh, the other one would be to keep an open mind. I mean, 10 years ago, if I would have said, you know, uh, I'm playing with someone that has this kind of background in, in funk and, and um, uh, you know, uh, someone who plays jazz drums and, and uh, like, uh, you know, Evan does, that that would ever have worked in a band that I was in. Uh, you know, be, be open-minded to that. You know, it's, you know, what happens if, if you all have the same influences? Well, you know, you might as well just be a cover band. And that's how we push music forward. And, and you know, sonically, that's how we, we expand our, our, our minds and, and um, you know, what, what music can be, basically. Yeah, I mean, 
pretty much to all those points. And uh, also, if you're going to be a cover band, be a damn good one because that's <laughs> the most cringe shit. <laughs> Right. I mean, absolutely, guys. I, I mean, it takes so many people to make it to make it happen uh, for the band. You know, there's the promoter. Um, it definitely, from what I've seen, um, a lot of it is is put on the band. Um, but, you know, there's the promoter. There's obviously like, you know, uh, the venue staff and stuff like that. There's sound guys. I mean, there's just so many aspects uh, that that do make up a band and, and make it for them. So it, you definitely want to be humble for sure. So to that point of what you just said, I hope everybody realizes that all those people, um, this is their livelihood as well. So we have the opportunity to be able to make music while this is going on. Um, a lot of these sound guys, engineers, lights guys, they don't have jobs anymore. So when, you know, somebody says, Oh, tip your bartender, tip your bartender. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those people yeah. who put on the shows and, and are contractors, they they don't have anything right now. So it's really, uh, we have to realize that those people are what make these big shows happen that we love so much. So. Absolutely, for sure. Major shout out to the members of Neo Nero for joining me in this interview. As always, links to their social media and music will be placed in the description of this interview. So in your spare time, make sure to go ahead and click that link and listen to Savior and some more of their other songs. As always, I appreciate the listeners of Backstage with the Sound Chick, and I look forward to having you on the next broadcast. To stay up to date on more of my artist interviews or music reviews, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at RealSoundChick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. Again, that's on Twitter or Instagram, at RealSoundChick, or go to my website at www.thesound-tick.com. I appreciate y'all's continual support. And as always, rock on, my dudes. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the sound chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.